Good evening, guys. Wonderful feeling to be back on here on the Football Pub. And I am still your host for this show, your favorite football show, Utman Elibidi, a.k.a. The Utman. And um, with me on here today is um, Jamil, who will be making an appearance as the co-host for this show as we take you into the weekend of eventful football across all of Europe. Um, before I proceed, I would like to remind you guys once again, Remember to follow me on Twitter at Deutman, D-E-H-U-T-H-M-A-H-N. Yeah, thank you. Jamie, you are with us, right? Yeah, good evening, everyone. It's nice to be on the show again today. And I'm looking forward to discuss at great length of the events around football in the week that just concluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without wasting much of of your time, um, let me take a recap of what we talked about last episode because that was the preview to the weekend of football. And so we discussed about the the um, in-match conversation between the refs and VAR, and I think we saw some we saw it in play in the um, opening weekend of Premier League this weekend. Uh, we talked about the backers situation, the financial situation. We also talked about the women Euros game, the final, which ended to one in favor of England. Uh, we talked about a lot of several rumors some of which they have completed already now and we gave our own personal prediction <laughs> prediction that that we 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 we, we said it was it was absolute shit predictions with me last time but moving on to today we are going straight into transfers there have been rumors that Wesley Fofana from Leicester is going to make a move to Chelsea the um, Leicester rejected two bids already Jamio do you think Chelsea will eventually find um Wesley Fofana um, considering the way Chelsea has been spending this season, I feel Todd is going to definitely drop another large sum, and Leicester City will be definitely tempted to let go of Fofana because I'm sure they still have a lot of good talents on their squad who can replace him. And I feel Chelsea is spending too much on a particular player. They should explore other options too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, uh, that that that's right to some extent. But I think um, Fofana, even though the eighty million would be too much, I think he's he's we have shown that he has the potential to play very well for Chelsea, and I think it would be a very good buy for Chelsea if they eventually get the deal done. Moving on quickly, Philip Kosic is going to make a move to Juventus. Ada uh, Amadou Onana is going to move from Lille to Everton. He was at the Chelsea at the Goodison Park on Saturday evening. Maxwell Connett has made his money for £17.5 million pounds to West Ham. That's, that's one of the, 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 the wingers to watch. I, I, I saw him in the early days when he was in the league one. And now he's in the Premier League. And um, We all know Oscar now. The Chelsea Oscar, yeah. He has made a move to Flamengo from Shanghai SIPG. Um, Conrad Lehmann is going to make a move to Bayern. That's the downest thing in discussion because Bayern have not made a bid yet for him. I'm to one funny one. To one funny one. As um, equal to Sevilla. That that's that's come out of nowhere. But I think the influence of Julian Lopetegui has helped Isco pick Sevilla as his next destination. Jamie, Isco to Sevilla. What are your thoughts on Isco to Sevilla? Well, um. Being a rival of my club over the year, Isco is a very brilliant player. He's good on the ball. He knows just when to release the passes. And he was uh, a great addition to Real Madrid midfield ball. 
I think over the past two seasons, there have been a decline in his goals form. But I feel him joining the Sevilla's squad is going to be a great improvement to Sevilla's squad because he's he has a very good sight in on the ball whenever he's on the midfield. So I feel he's going to be a good addition to Sevilla and also help improve the players' confidence. And maybe we can see the old Champions League East score again. Mm. It will be interesting to see because um, Lopetegui has also signed Tez from United on loan. And I think he's trying to make his way back into the top four or let me say top three of La Liga, of the La Liga table. going to be interesting to see anyways. Uh, it is one to watch Sevilla, East Coast to Sevilla. Um, moving on quickly, still in the La Liga, um, Valencia has agreed to sell um, Goncalo Guedes to Wolves for 30 million euros. That is one exciting deal I'm looking forward to Goncalo Guedes to Wolves in the Premier League. I know we've all known Wolves has this sentiment of signing Portuguese players, don't we? So it's going to be an interesting one to see. Guedes to Wolves. Um, West Ham looking to let Vlasic, Nicola Vlasic and Saibarama to leave. I think Vlasic is in talks with Torino. Um, and yeah, surprisingly, out of nowhere, Leipzig has decided to make um, Werner transfer a permanent one and not loan anymore. Um, Jamil, <laughs> wait, you know how I'm going to already on this one because Simona looked destined to for greatness at Chelsea when he signed for them, and now they are letting him go back to his um former club. And funny part is, the fee for this transfer has not been disclosed yet. I don't know why, I don't know how they are doing it, but the transfer fee has never been has not been disclosed up to this moment, and it's, it's quite funny. Do you think that's the right move from? Chelsea's point of view, Jamie, letting go back or letting when I leave permanently, you think it's the right move? Well, I felt the manager should have given him more um, more chances for him to prove himself. Upon his arrival to the Premier League, he had good chances. He, he can move the ball, he can dribble. But the problem he had was his finishing. That was what earned him the nickname, Mrs. Wena. He, he had a problem finishing very well when he went advised on the ball. And there was even an instance where he had the ball on the line and still even kicked the ball out. And that greatly was... affected the player confidence, as we noticed throughout the season. That yeah. I don't I think, think he had up to 14 goals last season. It greatly affected his confidence. That, so that, was, think... that was against Leeds. Yeah. That match was against yes. Leeds. Where he missed that chance. So it's, it's quite so I feel he had... He had a hard time adapting to the league. Yeah, Coming yeah, from the Bundesliga, I feel I feel he had a very hard time adapting to the league. You know, the Premier League def- defenders are very tall, very strong, and they don't just give you that chance on the ball like they have it in the Bundesliga. I feel maybe the manager should have given him another time, but if the player feels he has to prove himself somewhere else, then maybe it's the right call for him. It's, 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 not, it's not what I disagree with. I think... I, I do think they should have let him just leave alone and come back at the end of the season. But it's um Tuchel and he has shown that Tuchel has shown that he wants to get the most out of the players he already have in the team. And he's even asking for more, which I think is going to really, really it's going to really work well for him if they adapt to his playing style. Uh, when I, I admire when as a player personally, but it is what it is. It is what it is. When I has to move to Leipzig back to to fulfill his destiny. 
Anyways, Dry Smartens, I think it was released by Napoli, I think so. He's going to make a move to Galatasaray. And Lucas Torreira from Arsenal is going to join him. They have both been unveiled. Not, they have not been unveiled, but they have been pictured and spotted at the airport. Um, Galatasaray already. Uh, there's been numerous speculations on Benjamin Sesco. Chelsea are interested. Um, RB Leipzig wanted him to come to them, got to size from Salzburg. United have been on his cases, three different meetings, and um, a lot of talks have been going on on Benjamin Sesco. But recently, there's been a report that Benjamin Sesco will stay at Salzburg. Though he has not decided yet, but yeah, um, Salzburg are growing confident that they can keep him for this season and maybe sell him for next summer. Jamie, you are. Benjamin Sesco, you think it is it will make sense for him to make a move this summer to stay one more year at Salzburg? Well, I feel um, the player with the growing interest of top clubs all over Europe focusing on the youngster, I feel he should make that move now because um, there is no promise that at the end of this season, the following season, there is still going to be this constant attention all over him again. So now that he has the chance, he should make the move and watching him against Liverpool is someone who is very promising and I feel maybe probably it's time for him to prove himself in the big leagues. So I feel it's probably the time for him to make that move and not wait again to when he loses this interest from the top clubs. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I think he should make, in my opinion, I think he should make the move now and maybe get a loan back to South that way he can continue his development for one more year with them. It will help them to personally because they will still have him for one more season and then he will make the move this summer. Because that way he has already ended his move this summer but he's just going to continue his development at Salzburg. But I believe Benjamin Sesco and his family will make a move from a decision that is best for him and the team. Um, Marco Alonso, as we all know, Chelsea has signed um, Mark, um, is it Cucurella? Yeah, Cucurella which yeah. is also playing the same position as Marcos Alonso and Ben Jewel. And it seems Chelsea are ready to allow Alonso to leave to Barcelona, of which uh, it is going to be very, very a very great addition for Barcelona, given the fact that um, Alonso is a very good attacking wing-back. He has the, the, the movement in the box, his um, shooting. His, uh, he, I don't think he has the very best of pace, but I think he has shown that when he gets in the box, he can be one of his one of the greatest threats and adding that to Barcelona's side already that's going to be very very incredible in my opinion um he's going to go to Everton on loan I think Everton saw that they needed they needed a lot of improvement in of position against um Chelsea but they've decided to go for Wolves Nokwadi um, that's one of the deals on the paper. The one that has been breaking the internet for after United's game today, the one that's been breaking the internet, very funny deal, very, very, very... Uh, I don't know, there's no English to qualify it yet. It is, it is out of nowhere. And it's going to be a very... one to watch if it actually eventually materializes. Marco Onatovic to Manchester United from Bologna. It's been said that United have made a bid of 8 million euros already and it has been rejected. Is it Euros or I think it's Euros. Said he has made it and it has been rejected already. Marcos, uh, Marco Onato did. Uh, Jario, do you think that's a, is a, is a good deal or on, in any form? In any form, do you think it's a good deal? I feel, I feel it's actually fair enough. Fair enough. 
because he's someone who has had experience in the Premier League before and that experience will actually go a long way and he was someone very promising I don't know why he had to leave the league but he was someone very promising he played for West Ham right yeah, West Ham. he played he for, for he played for West Ham yeah he was someone very promising then he was one of their scorers week in and week out so I feel it should not be a bad move for Manchester United I I I I agree with you with the fact that you want um, you said he was promising in West Ham. But looking at it, Anatovich has left the league since um three years ago or thereabouts. He has left the league. He went to China. I mean, I'm not I'm, with due respect to the Chinese league, but the standards the standards of the Premier League cannot be compared in any way to the Chinese. And when he wanted to leave China, he, he went to um Bolog in Syria, uh, that's Italy. When he got there too, he is a very decent striker, agreed. But do you think United over the years make this panic buys in the center forward positions? I think after Depay left in what year was that? I can't remember. After Depay left, they've gone on to get Ibra. Um they had they had Cavani, they've gotten Ibra, they've gotten Cavani, which Ronaldo, but those um Igalo self. Those panic buys we've seen over the years that did not eventually work out for United because when the long run is like they still do not have another striker. And that's point one, Jamie. Point two that I'm trying to look at in my own perspective, Ronaldo exit out of United does not look does not look like it's going to happen this summer. It's not the, 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 the rumor has died down all around. In the kept on saying he, he's going. He wants to. He wants to keep him. He wants him to stay. The rumors have died down a lot. A lot of clubs are not even banking on signing Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world. Um. So my point is, if Ronaldo, if Marshall comes back from injury now, and Ronaldo is still in United squad, Marco Anatovic is as good as third choice striker. Um. We, I even remember something just now in today's interview. Martinak said they consider Rashford striker too, but he had a very good precision on the left wing. So meaning if Rashford is fit, Marshall is fit, and Ronaldo is still in the team, Marco Ronatovic is going to be the fourth choice striker for United. I do not see why that makes any of a deal to happen. So I don't know what what do you feel on these issues that I've just the the first one of him the, the the fact that the league would have improved or would have gotten more pace the fact that he might not even be getting enough game time as United. Um, I probably feel um on the point of the game time I probably feel maybe the manager requested for him because he wanted a squad rotation. He didn't want cases of maybe fatigue and so on and so forth. And he wanted maybe squad rotation. And I think requesting for him, he must have seen some qualities in him, despite him playing in the Chinese J-League zone. We know that the Premier League is very demanding and is nowhere compared to the Chinese League. No, Especially of the strikers, because you need to be scoring for a big team like Manchester United. Exactly, exactly. My United needs needs scorers right now, so it's depending on what the player has to offer. Can he still compete in the big leagues, and what does he have to offer? So I feel maybe, just maybe, it might be an improvement. But let's just see how it plays out. It's, it's one dude that I feel there will be a lot of question mark on, but it's, it's one to watch out for. 
I, as a United fan, personally do not want the deal to happen because it's as, it's as good as not having a, a striker. Because I don't think Onatovic is going to be adding anything to the league. Because in my yeah, he has the experience and everything. I totally agree with anybody's point on that. But what else do, does he add to the team apart from experience? It's not like you're pushing. You can't you can't tell me Onatovic is on his to be pushing. With, and pushing Marshall to get on his toes to run to be the to be a better striker. No, but when you have a young and hungry striker, if Marshall and Darwin Nunes are on the same team, and Marshall sees how Darwin is performing, Marshall will want to up his own game. But you can't tell me Arnold want to push Marshall to. He's, he himself does not even know what to do anymore. In my point of view, because you are you are playing for Bologna. I don't see how he, he's not he's not in his twenties anymore. I don't see that move should be on the cards for Manchester United. So it's one move that I personally feel there'll be a lot of question mark on. And I'm um, moving on quickly, quickly. I've seen PSG do very wonderful business over the summer with Vitinha, Ekitike, and others. Now they are closing on Fabian Ruiz of um, um, Napoli. They are one of the, the most beautiful deep line playmakers in football this in now. And Adding into that PSG midfield is going to be criminal because they have Verratti, they have Vitinha, Paradez. That's one beautiful midfield we are going to have eventually when the deal completes. And same on still on Napoli and PSG. Napoli are looking to get Kilo Navas from from um, PSG. Um, this Nap- Navas issue, Jamil. Navas was the first striker at Real Madrid, and I think he signed Thibaut Courtois here. Kotoa came in and he displaced Kilo Navas. Navas left, went to PSG. It was the first choice for a long time. He even had to bench Ariola. Ariola had to make the move to England eventually. And now, Kilo Navas is facing the same fate he faced at Real Madrid with Gianluigi Donnarumma. Donnarumma has shown that he's one of the best keepers in the world. I mean, he won the, the men's best keeper in the last, was he um, um, UEFA award? Yeah, well, so that was now when he was the best player, yeah. he was the player of the tournaments in the tournament. And we have seen how beautiful of a goalkeeper he is, he is the giant of a player himself. So now Kelonavas is facing that same fit, he's looking for more game time. We consider Kelonavas, I personally consider Kelonavas as a top, top goalkeeper, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. And seeing that he is wasting his best years. On the bench, he has seen he has seek for a move to to go out of PSG, and now Napoli are closing in on him. Same as Kepa Arizabala, Napoli are looking to secure both deals. I think they will be on loan. I'm I've not confirmed the details yet, but I think those two will be on loan. And um, one of the funny uh, transfer rumors that happened was Sanagre to United, and was it PSG? There were two clubs that he was linked to, but surprisingly, today's morning he signed a new deal with um, PSV for I think four to five more years, and that that out of nowhere just cancelled all the, the the transfer rumors that has been on. Sana is one of the finest um, deep line player to in 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 football. Fabrice Sana, I, I I've seen those players play, but I I highly rate Frankie De Jong. Uh, I think Boca has finished that game, Jamio. Yeah. Yeah, I think what was final score again? 6-0. 6 0. 6 6 0. 6 0. 6 0. I am Frank the Young was on the score sheet now. Come on. Yeah, he scored the last goal. 
that's that's one of the players United should begin to get in, no matter what. If Ibaka says they want more than twenty million, United should be paying for Frankie Leon. He he's just one of the best pressure assistant midfielder I've ever seen. I think Busquets is one of the best I've seen too. And saying that Frankie is learning directly from Busquets, Frankie is amazingly very he's very, very good of a midfielder. Yes, I would like to. I think that's one of those, those are the major transfer rumors that happened from Friday night till today. So moving on quickly. Let's look at, I know, like we said earlier, football is back totally fully now in three of the top five leagues. I think football is back in Germany, in France, and in um, England. We are waiting for Spain, La Liga, and um, Syria to commence, I think, next weekend. So let's just yeah. take quick ones from the Bundesliga. I would take the last, the first match, I would take it last because I would like to talk on that match. So moving on, on Saturday, I think VFL Bochum versus Mainz and then to in favor of means Augsburg defeated um, sorry Augsburg lost to Freiburg 4-0 4 new. that was some whooping there Augsburg Oda Bremen ended um, draw 2-2 Union Berlin beat the other side of Berlin the, the Atta Berlin they defeated Atta Berlin 3-1 and Munchen Glabach at home won 3-1 against Offenheim Dortmund this one had some controversies in terms of how the goal was scored the Played the ball, the keeper fumbled it. It was going over the line. Then Marcos show him kept Marcos <laughs> kept it rolling and it entered the net. And that one 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 zero against Leverkusen. Stuttgart and um, Leipzig drew one one. This one to um, Jamu again. We have seen Christopher and Kuku come to the rescue of Leipzig. I don't know if they were leading or they. Were, I think they were leading. Yeah, he scored the first goal. Christopher and Kuku. Uh, we said it last time on year. So it was not the last time. Two episodes. Ago. It was the same. Episode on now where we're talking about how um Leipzig should get a striker yeah was it yeah. I think that was yeah so um Kodri was saying something about Christopher and Kuku performer I think that's not a question anymore because we have seen Christopher and Kuku do what he does what he does but do you think um again I'll ask the same question again Jamie. do you think Leipzig can 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 vie for the top three spots in more I, I, I feel I feel they can actually do that. I feel they can actually do that. I feel they can actually do that, yeah. But well, they are currently struggling to get games over the line. Like this Stuttgart game, for example, they didn't... They, I think they were leading and they just drew the game 1-1. Well, it should be interesting because Bayern has dominated that league for for the past 10 years, I think. Yeah. Bayern has dominated and every they buy all of the best players in that league. All of the best players. It's still a mix how we consider the German league one of the best leagues. Respect to all the things in the German league. But if you have someone up top and you guys are selling your best players from each team to that club, I don't think that club is the is the, is the best league, damn you. What, what, what was your take? Um, I think Bayern, Bayern has built their reputation in the Bundesliga to an extent that even before the league commences, everyone, every other team is scared of them. Every other team is always like, ah, Bayern. Like, they always feel this fear about Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich has this kind of squad depth that is very scary. Like looking at players like... Um, Mula, Gnabry, Sane, and now Mane that just joined, making it one L of a super team. And we also have youngsters in their clubs, such like Musiala, who is very, very good on the ball too. So
So Bayern Munich is just like I'll give them this time. They are like a monster team in the Bundesliga, and they will continue to dominate them over years because they have the squad depth and they are able to convince rival rival clubs to sell their best players for them. We observe that with Lewandowski moving from Borussia Dortmund to Bayern Munich, and over the years he was able to help that Bayern Munich clinch a lot of trophies, including the time that they had the treble and so on. So I feel Bayern Munich is basically going to dominate the Bundesliga over years to come. To back you up, you said a monster team. They are a monster team indeed because on the in the opening game of the of the Bundesliga season, they defeated Frankfurt. They were away and they defeated Frankfurt six one. It was annihilation, trashing. They beheaded, they beheaded the, the interact Frankfurt team. It was it was it was beautiful from the band perspective, but it was abysmal on the part of Frankfurt. They they lost terribly, terribly indeed. And um, Sadio Mane got his Bundesliga goal. I think Diallo was on the score sheet twice. Yeah, uh, Nabi goal and Kimmich too. So it was, it was a wholesome performance from Bayern all round, and they showed why why we should be considered we should be considering them one of the top teams in Europe. I think they they can they can do very well in the UCL this season if they continue at this pace. Juliana yeah. and the, the his players will be a first record against. Um, the last match of the of the Bundesliga opening weekend was Cone versus Shaku, which ended 3-1 in favour of Cone. I think Bayern and Mings are the only three away, are the only away teams that won on the opening weekend. Every other home team had either won or drew. Moving on quickly, quickly to League One, the the France top flight league that's that's where the the arguably sorry yeah arguably the best player in the world plays in Lionel Messi I'm moving on quickly to the score line that we had over the past I think one of the games is still ongoing when I started this um, podcast but the game should end 3-0 in favor of Marcel against Rhymes Marcel should win 3 me Jamie Shea Jamie, yeah. are you? Yeah, so let's yeah, let's yeah, yeah. At this one because we are going to talk about the PSG team in detail. In detail. So Leon won two one against Ajaccio. I think Ajaccio had the newly promoted team. Yes. Strasbourg lost to Monaco at home. Monaco won two one. Um, Toulouse won. Nice won. Lille won four one against Auxerre. Lens three. Brest two. <laughs> That's on name for a football club. <laughs> Montpellier. Two Troy, yes. Um, Angus new new versus Nancy's. That was one goalless game. I think that's the first goalless game I've spoken about today. Yes, Angus new Nancy's new. Rennes lost zero at home to Laurette, who scored just one goal. And like I said earlier, Marcel were leading 3 0 the last time I checked against Rhymes. Um, the main match of the League One was Clement Clement Foot versus PSG, and that one was another annihilation, another dominant team showing why they are a first record with. And unsurprisingly, Lionel Messi does what he does best. This time around, this time around, he scored twice while having he got one assist. But I think I think before we look at Lionel Messi, you are a fanatic of Lionel Messi. So before we go to Lionel Messi, we. I think whatever happens this season, Neymar is, will be a pivot um, player 
be a, a, a player that, that has to be on top in top form for PSG if they're going to do this season because it was absolutely it was incredible this match against Clermont's foot and it showed just why he is one of the best and overall overall you you used to watch Baka games here damn you he showed the chemistry we have seen in the MSN ages he showed it with the M and N today uh, sorry yesterday and it was one brilliant performance from PSG as they won 5-0 against Clermont Foot. Marcus was on discussion too, if I'm not wrong. Um, Neymar got one for himself also. Yeah. Um, but one notable thing that happened in that game, Chami, Kylian Mbappe did not start that match. That's yeah, one he, had, he had a groin injury, yeah. He had a groin and, injury. And, and look at how the team flourished. I think, yeah, they had a system of playing with three. They had a system playing with three at the back, five midfielders, and I think... Two up front when they are not with the ball, but when they are on the ball, when they are on the ball, they have attacks coming in from everywhere. Um, Paris was incredible to shout out because he had a very, very, he had a sublime assist to the Lionel Messi bicycle kick, and that was one of the highlights of the game. But overall, overall, do you think Mbappe coming back into the team? Do you think it will affect the the team play style as a whole? Um, judging from the preseason and um, yesterday's game, I don't actually feel it's going to affect the team's gameplay. Um, Christopher Gautier has been working on several things in the PSG squad. He has been asking for signings, um, which we have noticed like Vitinha, who was very credible yesterday, was able to um was able to cooperate with um variety and he dictated the yeah, play very Verratti, well yeah. he dictated play very well he had variety the movement of going forward and coming back so it was wonderful from Vitinha. i i enjoyed this performance personally yeah. so you were saying something um i think i think the problem the problem with um the umbape messi nema chemistry is that Messi and Neymar having played together with a couple of years, it's easier for them to connect and play with each other. But when Mbappe comes into the picture, Mbappe is someone that likes to hold on to the ball and take his chances. He does not let go of the pass easily. And when you watch the chemistry between Messi and Neymar, they are always trying to like create passes and chances for one another. And even when they are in front of goal, Messi would rather pass to Neymar than kick the ball home. So that is something that is going to um, affect the trial. But I feel the um, the manager will probably work on something with Mbappe, maybe share some few words with him. But if Mbappe is able to overcome that side of him that likes to take his chances, that rather pass to his teammates, I feel the trial is going to be something that we have to watch out for this season. I are you banking them to make it to the final of UCL? Like PSG, we don't make it to the final. I don't want to push it too far, seeing they will win the UCL because we know how crazy the UCL is. From one moment, one moment you might be winning, and the next moment you are losing. You are at the brink of going out. So do you think they can make it to the final without score this season? With the current, with the current signings, I feel they should be able to make it to the final. But then. Um, there's this winning mentality that we noticed about Real Madrid last season. 
PSG squad players actually lack that winning mentality. They lack that mentality on fighting, yeah. on which kind of, and they, they slack off easily. During matches, they slack off easily. And before they know it, the, play, the opponent scores, and then there's this down mood that just affects the whole squad. We have little or less players trying to chase the ball, trying to still fight on. But I feel with the current manager, if the uh, winning mentality is able to change, they should be able to compete for a spot in the UCL final in the coming season. I think the only downside to to them making it to the final would be that their manager might not have the required experience to manage some certain situation in the match. Because we know, like last season, we saw Man City leading. And I think before the around 88 minutes or 9 minutes, Rodrigo scored one goal. Next second, Madrid are on the front foot again and they got another goal. You know, I think even with the way we know Pep is one of the most experienced managers in football right now, he was he found it very hard to manage that situation. So I think Christopher Gautier will, will, will be the only reason they might struggle. Mind you, they have enough quality to do so um, very, very well in the UCL this season. But I think the manager himself is the one that might hold the whole team back. I might be wrong here. I agree. But, you know, experience is... is yeah, a certain level of experience is required in football to get to this um, particular achievement. The League One has always been won by PSG. They've had a few seasons, I think, in the past three or four years where they did not win it. They had maybe one season they didn't win it. But apart from that, they've dominated as well as... as much as Bayern has dominated in the Bundesliga. So, I think... The only issue they might be having now is Christopher Gautier managing certain situations like them going behind or maybe injury crisis or how to manage the squad as a whole to get to that final. It will, it will be it will one interesting one to watch because I think we are going to see the Lionel Messi of old this season and the World Cup is around the corner too. The Argentina squad is, oh my God, they are wonderful. They have a wonderful set of players, beautiful players who know what to do with the ball and when to do it. Plus the fact that Lionel Messi is enjoying playing his football this season. Uh, we saw it in the Cup final the super cup of the one and we saw it um, yesterday again the Messi is flourishing this season let's 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 see what happens before the end or by the end of the season after the world cup as if he does not add the world cup to his to his, to his trophy cabinet already so let's um, have one thing. exactly i think the christopher christopher gatia has a lot to prove this season because the world cup you don't know which players are going to have injury and he has the squad depth, but can he be able to manage players of top quality like Sergio Ramos, Lionel Messi, Mbappe and Neymar? So I think he should be able to prove himself, but let's have a look as, at how things go on. Uh, and then to, to buttress that point, Ramos, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Berati, Marquinhos, they have a very beautiful squad in terms of and to think these players are not played they are players that have, that have against each other at certain points certain points in their career um ramos was in was in madrid while messi was in barcelona and now they are teammates so i think god has a big job on his hands to manage the squad to get the best out of them and to integrate the likes of ekitike renato Chan- and San- and Renato Sanchez, um, Fabian Ruiz, Vitinha, and others into the squad. It will be one to watch out for. I'm I'm going to look look at PSG and let's see how far they go. Um, to the to the to the um final results that we're going to look at is from the 
English Premier League. The English Premier League is back. We also we all know the English Premier League does not disappoint. And on Friday night, Crystal Palace hosted Arsenal at Sellers Park, where the game ended zero. Um, the game ended two goals in favor of um, Arsenal. I think Martinelli was on the score sheet alongside um, what's his name? <laughs> Why should I forget his name? All of a sudden. Anyways, Arsenal won two zero. And Martinelli was on the score sheet. So it was one beautiful match. Arsenal, Arsenal tried to play, play like they did during preseason, and I think they are trying to try trying to break into the top four. Moving on on Saturday um, afternoon, the early kickoff, the shocking game of the the sorry, that's not the shocking game. That second shocking game, Fulham apparently, uh, um, Fulham were hosting Liverpool at the Craven Cottage and. <laughs> At some point in that game, there, there, were, there were scares that Liverpool were going to lose their first game of the season to newly promoted exactly. Fulham. Exactly. It was, exactly. It was, it was exactly. It was It was so Club Club was wasn't expecting that kind of attitude from Fulham. It At was all. it was a very surprising game because we all expected Liverpool to dominate, but in the end, it was Fulham dominating. It was very shocking, and um, I think Klopp would have sighed a relief when he got a point from the match because with the way things were going, it was like Liverpool were going to lose the match. Yeah. So I, I guess they were very lucky to have a draw out of that. And fair enough, fair enough. They did eat the, the woodwork, fair enough. But I, I don't think um, um, Klopp thought... Fulham will bring the game to Liverpool. They didn't expect Fulham. They expected Fulham to stay on the back foot and everything. And in bringing the game, Fulham were just coming at them. They were not scared to get on the ball themselves. And we saw the way Mitrovic was dancing around um, Virgil van Dijk. It was, it was, it was, it was insane to think that Mitrovic would have the confidence to do that to a top top CB like Virgil van Dijk. And exactly, exactly. He, he he had a very good game against. Vejuvada can dramatic. Those that partnership was was crazy last season, and I think including think, including um Trent Alexander Arnold. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was he, just he, he, he actually bullied the defense in that match. He bullied the defense in that match. He, he was very exceptional, and again he had to beat Allison on the spot kick again. It was yeah, something it was very exceptional, that. and it was a job well done by Fulham. I think if I if I have to if I have to pick a team of the week, Mitrovic will be in my team of the week. He, he had a Definitely. very wonderful game against Liverpool. I didn't even expect him to have to have half the game he did, and all of a sudden Liverpool were behind. But thanks to uh, um, Nunes' introduction, they pulled one back, a goal on his debut, and um, he set up the other one, Mo Salah, who inevitably mm-hmm. scores on the opening day for Liverpool to keep the scores and to to end a draw. And, and I, I think Klopp, Klopp, Klopp would, would expect his team to finish that match off at some point, but they didn't. Yeah. Fulham, kudos to them. Big, big, big shout out to Fulham. They, they, they shocked all of us in the way they took the game to Liverpool. And moving on, another newly promoted team, um, Bournemouth, they got their... They got their first victory of the season against Aston Villa. I think we did... I didn't expect... Out to be winning this game by two goals. I didn't expect it in any way. And all of a sudden, Villa were down. Um, and three minutes into the match, Villa were down already. Uh, it was shocking to, to say the least. But the Bonnie Mouth were up already three minutes and Villa 
the way to claw one back or get into the game. That that goes by as Steven Gerrard men uh, Steven Gerrard men they lost Newcastle Newcastle <laughs> eventually they defeated stubborn Nottingham Forest because. Nottingham Forest held them in the first half. They held them up. They forced them into playing outside shots and all. But I think, I think I, it was one of the outside shots that went in from Fabian Shah. That yes, was it was it was a stunner. It was a stunner. I, I think, think they did not expect that to, to, to come at all because the shot just nothing. So like there was nothing. and all of a sudden there's a goal. It was it was a stunner. It was just a stunner. No one was expecting that shot. From that angle, it was exactly. kind of a difficult angle, and he shot it, and it went into the goal. And I think that match, um, Nottingham Forest cracked under pressure, and I feel the manager has a lot of work to do because mm-hmm. if your players keep on cracking under pressure like that, you won't be able to play against the likes of Man City and Liverpool because the match is definitely going to end up with scores over four goals. So I feel the manager has to go back to the drawing board and put on some new tactics and talk to his players too because his squad were cracking under pressure which was bad because they had a very wonderful first half and then yeah, the second half was like another thing entirely um, moving on moving on um, Anthony Conte has made a huge statement I think they are top of the league currently yeah and the Conte's men have made a huge statement in their fight because during the during the interview before the game, the pre-match interview, uh, they asked, uh, did, did, did you think his squad needs to win like the the cup, my the cup like um, Carabao Cup and FA Cup this season um, to to make a statement?" And he, he replied saying, "Why not the Premier League or the Champions League?" Meaning he wants to go for gold, he wants to go for the huge ones already, and they showed it with the short character style because they came from one go down to defeat Southampton 4-1 and Raf Asnotu will have or he will have it all to do this season if he keeps playing like this. I mean yeah credit to James Ward Prowse we saw a beautiful goal from him in the or thereabouts and and all of a sudden Spurs grew into the game we saw Kane dropping back getting um, chances getting chances creating one and Kulusevsky I think it was Kulusevsky yeah he created the first goal for Ryan Sesegnon who scored yeah. Uh, yeah. a nice enter. And the second one was created by Son. You mean Son? Uh, the, the man everyone wanted to score turned provider for Eridaya as Eridaya led into the net the second goal. And then about the, yeah, they turned it around and uh, ended up winning four goals to one against Southampton. I mean, Kulisewski got on this to and Salisu had a disaster of an home goal. That that shouldn't be shouldn't be seen in the world of football in a league that the the Premier League. He he was not under any pressure and he fumbled the ball into his own net. Uh, Rafa's not so has it all to do this season if this keeps up. Another comeback win um, in the Premier League for Leeds as Brandon Aronson scores on his Premier League debut for Leeds to fight from one goal down a Daniel Podence goal to win the match 2-1. And um, another another man who should be scoring the goals, uh, Bamford, was turned provider for Brendan Harrison as they, they clawed one back and they got the win eventually. I mean, when Leeds sold Rafinha to Barcelona, I've always had the question in mind that where would goals and the creativity come from now? But safe to say they have um, Rodrigo, and um, I think Harrison, Bamford, and they've got Aronson too. So it'll be nice to see. Yeah. And then another man that we have to look out for 
I, I don't think it was on the score sheet on the first match. That is Klish. Klish. Yeah, Klish. Klish. was a prolific scorer last season and I'm hoping he does that again this season so we can put him in our FPL. <laughs> that, that's the main thing. We need, to, we need them to score or to make us because um, Leeds have the habit of always getting goals in their game even if they eventually lose they always get goals so we want more, more goals from them this season please and now that we don't have Rafinha to call on please we need the goals I think that Brandon Aronson will be a nice buy in your FPL team yeah I had him in my FPL team but I was scared that he might not make his debut and I sold him and yeah he scored well moving on to last game on Saturday the Leeds kickoff. Uh, Everton hosted Chelsea in a game that saw Ben Godfrey uh, sustain the, the first big injury of the Premier League season. I think in the 20th minute of January, about he, he, I think he broke he broke his leg from a ball that had already gone out of play. Yeah, um, a back pass to um, Pickford and the ball went out of play, but Pickford kicked the back in and Havertz got the ball, wanted to score, and Godfrey came out of nowhere, but in the end he injured himself. And Chelsea went on to win that one. It was not convincing from two thousand men, but I think that's that's what you need to be champions. You have to find a way to always get yeah. it, get it over it was, the line. It was it was a very big blunder from the experienced defender like Abdullah Dakori. He just went in charging in and put down the opponent man when clearly Jerry Mina stepped in to block the ball from Chilwell from going across. He didn't have to touch him or even go near him at all. Yerimina had the ball covered and he just went there to commit the foul that was not needed, which gave Chelsea the penalty. But I feel mm. looking at um, penalties of Jorginho over the years, he took the penalty without his famous up. Are we going to mm. look at, are we going to be expecting a very different penalty style from Jorginho this Premier League season, or I mean, I mean, new I mean, we have always known him to always score pens. I mean, he had scares last. I was it last season when he missed the few, but we have always known Jorginho to score pens. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he he would want to be experimenting. I think he just wants to take that penalty and get the first goal because it's the first game of the season. Maybe later on during the season we'll see the we'll see the famous up. Again, let's see. Let's see. I mean, as I was saying, it wasn't a convincing performance from Chelsea, man. But that's to me, that's why you need to be champions. It doesn't always, it doesn't always have to be pretty. You don't have to score five goals, four goals. Once you can get the three points, you are good to go. Get your three points and move. And that's something we we we, we noticed today from um, Ten Hag's men. They they couldn't. That that was an abysmal show for later. Yeah, moving on. Leicester versus Brentford. That was another exciting game. A man who question marks has been over his head, um, James Madison. Newcastle has been trying to get that man on their books. He he provided the first goal for Leicester. They started the first goal. They got their second goal. They were leading 2-0. And all of a sudden, Brentford got one back through Ivan Tony. And the next one came from Da Silva. A beautiful coiler from the, 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 the typical the typical Argent Ruben type of coiler. And uh, they got that one. They, they got the draw in the 85th minute. They scored the second goal, and they, they kept on. They held on, and they got the draw. Yeah. Um. The the second game of of the Sunday, man. This match is, is so shit. I don't want to talk about it. 
<laughs> Manchester United versus Brighton. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh let me start like this. Let me start like this. So apparently, as a United fan, I watched all the preseason game and I saw progress from last season. Like complete progress. And it's it's so sad today when after five minutes into the match, that team reverted back to Rafa next time. Oh my god. And where should I start from? Is, is it Dalot or Maguire? Not to put blames on anyone or anything. That first goal was something that could have easily been avoided. I mean, Dalot had to add cover. <laughs> oh my god. The, this first goal was, the first goal was actually um, Dalot and Maguire mistake. Um, um, the Tinez was tracking the run towards the center, trying to block off um, Welbeck for making any touches in the bus. And then we had Maguire just jogging back. That, you are a centre-back. You are a centre-back for Christ's sake. Move, move, run. Try to block off the passes. And Dalot was making himself so easy to pass by. You, He was beaten by Trossard. Yeah, he was beaten by Trossard. And he just had to make the run back to cover up. You already made a mistake. But he was not making the run. Maguire was jogging and Martinez had to now defend close to three players in the box alone. And Luke Shaw was still coming from the midfield. So it was something very, very annoying because they are defenders. This is your job. Why are you not working? Why are you playing as if you are not interested in the ball at all? The first I mean, goal was the I mean, that, that. That, that first goal could have been avoided in so many ways. Dalot could should have charged the defender. Instead, he did a standoff and the guy had the um the space to pass. And Maguire, who should have tracked the run of Welbeck, just ignored him totally. And it was left to Martinez to just... As in that match was... I would have blamed the guy for extent because... Have, um, it was it was a very low it was a very low cross into the ball. Exactly. They had defending well back and there was nobody holding back grub on the ball. So it was just a free ball to eat it into the net. So just a free ball. It was it was it was an abysmal show in the first half. A very fucking oh sorry. Abysmal show. A very abysmal show. Because there's nothing else to describe it. The the the, the, the funny part is they kept the possessions, they were they were holding the ball, but anytime they lost the chance, they were just shit. And once um I don't know why Tenag did not start Malaysia today. I don't know why you are saying in training. But Luxor Luxor sure, sure lacks urgency for a fullback, a top fullback. Yes, it might I, I, I don't I won't call him he's not even elite he's not elite let me say it's like he's averagely good yeah for him Luke Shaw is an averagely good and left back so he lacks urgency that urgency to take him a step higher he, he, he in, in, in the in the attacks he lack urgency in passing you want to hold on to the ball for a long time no release passes make runs those are things we see from Cancelo, who is even a natural right back. We see him do that in the left back position comfortably. That's something you should you should you should you should know at this stage of his career. He's not he's not a youngster anymore. Man. Maguire, we have said it last season, it was the, it was one of the United's main issues last season. Harry Maguire's mistakes, lack of tracking. In the 
pre-match interview before this game, he was like, I've played on the right, I've played on the left um, side of the vest throughout my career. I can play anywhere. I don't have a preference. Man, you are shit on both sides. You are fucking shite on both sides. Exactly, exactly, not, exactly. It's just exactly. anybody that partners, he's making anyone that partners him look shit because you are, you are exposing them too much. I won't, that's the defense one now. Let's go to why is Scott McTominay still in Manchester United team for crying out loud? I, I had a con- controversy with um, Tenag playing two DMs in a match, which is Fred and Scott McTominay. I had a very controversy, very huge controversy in that match because I feel why why are you playing two DMs in a match? One, one should be more than enough in the match again. And Scott McTominay was very leggy during that match. He was giving off bad passes, he was losing possession, and he was committing um, um, nonsense fouls in the I match. I think it's the fact that he just, just recovered very, from just injury. Very bad for him. I think it's the fact that he just recovered from injury. And apart from that, he was very, very lucky on the pitch because he had a lunging tackle that time when he had all the space in the world to take a shot or to find a teammate but he still fumbled on the ball and he, he launched into an uh, tackle on um Casiedo and he almost he, he almost got the red i think the, the ref was just trying to keep it like oh opening the opening the let's keep it calm let's do exactly. it ref was actually being very lenient in the match because we had instances where a lot of Manchester United players should have been handed red. Another one is the case of the pushing of Mart- Lisandro Martinez to Welbeck's back. That was actually a very clear. Was, I, but think, I felt I the, the referee felt um, Welbeck was overdoing it, yeah. and he was Welbeck actually stood off. Welbeck stood off to get the contact. You get. He knew Lisandro was coming, and he just stood off there. Okay. When you eat me, I'll fall over and I'll get the pain. But I think the ref read through it and that. But let's let me go back to McTominay. Why number one question? Why is McTominay still in Manchester United? Two, why is McTominay starting games for Manchester United? I I think um to me personally, I rate Iqbal over McTominay currently because Iqbal has shown us how calm he can be under pressure, how he can get himself out of tight situations. That is something we have seen from Frankie De Jong over the years, which United are linked with link linked with and to see it in Zidane Iqbal I think it's something that we can develop to, to, to a certain to a certain level and and today Matumi just showed all of us why United desperately uh, a midfielder um I think at the point they used him as the second eight with um with um Ericsson or Bruno whoever was at that position at that time and after that he was just missing chance, losing the ball, and it affected Sancho's gameplay totally too. Sancho too was just off because he was not getting the right passes from McTominay and the right runs. And look at when Ericsson switched to DM in the second half. It just looked like Ericsson was a natural DM than both Fred and um, 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 McTominay. And exactly, I don't know. Exactly. Ericsson played. Ericsson played more of a DM than they both did throughout the entire game. Yeah, and, and he was making the perfect well. runs. And he well. was, was even covering up whenever Maguire overlapped because Maguire was basically just overlapped. Maguire forgot his role that he was a centre back and he turned into a, a attacking fullback. Because during the match, it was for, very bad. Uh, it was it was abysmal, abysmal showing. I don't know, I don't know. Another man that that needs scrutinization that United United fans have been delusional about is um Bruno. I am a very big fan of Bruno Fernandes. But at some point, you have to call yourself into order and be like, 
am I doing it right? Am I getting it right? Bruno, 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 Bruno is is for United to have a very good season. We need Bruno Fernandez. I am not even captain. But exactly. at some point, when you see Bruno Fernandez is not performing, you need to get him off the pitch. I don't see why. Yes, we know he has the quality, but at this point, we don't need quality that we believe in. We need quality that we can see. We are not seeing that quality from all United players. Even Marcos. Oh my God, Marcos Rashford. Oh, exactly. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know the problem with um, Bruno Fernandez. It was beautiful the time he arrived. It was beautiful towards the beginning of last season. But towards the end of the season, I don't know. Maybe it's a loss of confidence or I don't know the problem. He had beautiful chances today and he just blasted the ball yeah, wide. He missed, he missed the first chance of the normal day would have scored this kind of goal. It was that, a clear goal. That was the reason we all had in our manager needs to talk to him or something. I feel maybe his confidence is affected by something. Because he's, he's missing chances. He's missing possession. And he's not as well. And Rash, I don't have words for Rashford. He should be benched. I don't have votes for Rashford. That, that, that man, that man, that man is being forced down our throats by because United gave him that 10 shirt, that number 10. That man does not in any way deserve to be wearing number 10. I believed in his talent. I always believed in Michael Rashford's talent. But I can't lie to you. When you are playing bad, you need to be called to order. Marcos Rashford needs someone to call him. He needs a chaperone. Mr. You are getting... Since it started... Since he started his campaign over the um the corona period and everything, he has not been at his very best. We had issue of it, it was shoulder injury and all, but right now, shoulder injury is not even is not even is a thing of the past and because Rashford is of that past is still in the present. He's not showing us why he, he got that number 10 shirt. He's just playing like like he's been forced to go on the pitch. And I think the only time United were a real threat was even when Cristiano Ronaldo, who everyone claims to be the problem, is on the pitch. Fair enough. He didn't, he didn't play to his full potential to agreed. Yeah. He has had just 45 minutes of preseason match. And that's just one of the main excuses I can make for him for not being up to par. But apart from that, and one thing is, during preseason, United Squad learned, learned something. They were present together. If Santo was present, Bruno and Marshall was present alongside. Bruno is covering the next man. There was a man-to-man marking when they were present, forcing the opposition to make mistakes. And just um, to the game, they forgot how to press as a team. They forgot yeah. totally. At the, at, the, Bruno, at, the starting, at the starting of the match, the passes were beautiful and they were pressing. Then all of a sudden, within the I think 15 to 28 minutes of the match, everything just went back to normal. Sancho was not making the runs, covering in. Bruno was just jogging. No, and we only really had someone like Ericsson just trying to press and make the passes. And then Radford kept on missing balls. He had he had a, yeah, he had a one-on-one chance with Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez yeah. And, he, and he played the ball directly he to passed, the keeper. That, that it pass was, was from it that was, was one of the that Rashford should score any day, anytime, even if he's blindfolded. Because the post was wide open and very huge. But he still played the ball low directly into the keeper and 
before Jesus when, is married, the flag for an offside. When, when and and funny thing was, if go the actor wasn't an offside one. So was when um, Roberto Sanchez saved that ball, he he jumped at the at his defenders that like he was he was happy at himself for saving that chance because it was that should be that the net should be budging. Any case, anytime the net should be budging for that ball. I mean, I mean exactly. to cap to cap everything off on this United game. If your best performer performer on the pitch is Ericsson and Martinez, who are new to the club, it says a lot about the quality of the club of the players in the club. And that's why I am being skeptical about signing Onatovic. Onatovic is not going to get us anything any in any way. Why are we why is Onatovic even in the in the cards for United? I don't man, I, I, thing, I feel I feel United will probably regret losing out on down Nunes deal because him being him being in the game today would have scored a lot of a lot of chances that was missed by he's a proper nine he's a proper striker which United desperately need right now and we can only, we can only was very good on the both very very good he he, he 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 dropped more I feel I feel yeah he dropped more passes than Sancho today yeah and there were there were instances there were instances that he was even directing Fred who to pass the ball to but Fred yeah. was not even he was trying to pass, pass, pass. and there I think maybe probably I don't know what was wrong with the defense line there were instances today where um Dalot was playing the ball to the opponent close to the boss if Brighton had capitalized on those chances, the match could easily have ended as like five one today. And also the guy would have seen a little bit of last season. The first goal. Um they they there are some group of people that are actually blaming the gear for the first goal. They actually yes, believe should, that, should be that, that no the gear should be jumping forward to claim that ball and not staying back and waiting for whatever is going to happen. Having a defender like Maguire in your defense line you should be moving for the ball you should be trying to gain the ball to you because you can't trust someone like that but the guy decided to stay on his lines and then boom grow that is scored the goal that is they had to they had to start looking for an equalizer so i feel the gear to blame for that goal too yeah that is one thing that that we have we have been saying as as united fans that over the years united Needs needs a keeper that can help the, the defense generally. Yes, the defense is equally bad with Maguire in it. But le, le, the guy has always had this on and off attitude of sometimes he plays very well as a sweeper and other times it just just switches off totally. Yes, I agree. He makes he makes incredible saves. Even the second, but the defense was not at a lot, so they couldn't clear their lines. That's why they considered the second goal. But the first, exactly. that first save, we know you make those saves. But you need to just add those little things to your game. We know it's, it's like it's like asking asking Ronaldo to be a playmaker now. We know Ronaldo has always been a natural goal scorer, so that's something hard to learn. But those ones are basic things you should know as a goalkeeper. You have those are low crosses into your six yard box. That six yard box is there for you to do that. Okay, now my area will be this. Let me get this side. Why are you not claiming crosses in that area? Why are you letting the ball? <sighs> Man, another thing was that um during the course of the first half, United were not shooting. Like they were they were even the crowd was the crowd was urging 
United players to shoot. They were not trying to shoot. They were not trying to take their chances. I felt if they had tried to take their chances, maybe they could have easily scored the goal. And they were trying to put in crosses. It was continuous cross. They were trying to put in continuous. You can't keep on putting continuous crosses if your attackers are not even going for the ball. And the to the ball. So I don't think they the no one. I don't think anyone were, was actually going in for Dami. the crosses and headers until Ronaldo entered. Dami, do you know why the, that that crosses um, cross attempts were funny? Because none of United striker or attacker is as tall as Lewis Dunk, who is in the arts of Brighton's defense. Exactly. Exactly. So why are they shooting? If you if you want to play crosses, play low crosses at that point. Okay, you, that those that's a better option than playing high crosses because um, Doc does not even have to jump to get to some crosses. He's that tall, so he's just kept his head, and the ball is going away. So why are you putting in crosses after crosses after crosses? It, it, see, the, the time Martinez was just like, okay, what I I I will go, I will take this alone, I will go. play that shot. That was one of the closest United has ever gotten to. Since that, Bruno, that that ball was closer to the to, closer Ericsson and Bruno should have actually switched plans from to like trying to shoot from outside. But okay. Ericsson is yeah. a good shooter, and Bruno is a good shooter. When Ericsson tried it, they got it, they got it, he got it right. He had few shots on target, and the United started getting because corners. If you notice, when they started taking shots into the boss, um, Sanchez started parrying the ball into the boxes and if someone was available in the box that could have been a easy tapping that is what united should have applied with the brighton defense might be invisible to crosses in and out but when it comes to low ball they are not as good in defending that and united should have capitalized on that instead of continuing to put in the crosses into the box when there's no one on the supply end but i feel they should they will learn from these mistakes and focus on their next match and one thing I even noticed totally from the game is the fact that even even with the crosses they were putting in, the 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 chances kept on coming when Ronaldo exactly. entered. That that says a lot that even with the fact that Ronaldo wanted to leave and the controversies around him, he, he, his influence on the game has just been is just there. Though they do not, they, we do not eventually get the win, but it shows how much of 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 quality United lack. United lack a lot of quality in certain areas of the pitch where you need the highest quality to be to be a top club. You can't have shit miss shit midfield and expect to be to be dominating games. Your midfield has your midfield players have to be very, very comfortable on the ball. And that's something United lack totally. United lack it a lot. Um Ericsson had a very, very good 37 minutes as a DM than um, both Fred and Matomini today. That says a lot. Exactly. When Ericsson, who is a natural well as a defensive midfielder, over two of your defensive midfielder in your club. Man, that and that that thing, they need to pay go all out for Frankie de Young if they want to at least make top four this season. You have to go all out for either Frankie de Young or find a way to hijack Fabian Ruiz from PSG, which is impossible. So just go out for Frankie de Young if he's to pay his defined wages. United, go you should lie down in front of Avram and Joy Glazer and beg him. You that, they, they, that's the truth. They need we need we need a holding midfielder. After, after, after watching the games today, I I myself said that no, 
even if I'm Laporta watching this game right now, I will go and seriously me dead there. No, I can't watch oh. a top club play like this. I, for the first 10 minutes, I was like, wow, this is a beautiful United are back. Everyone went back to their default settings. Oh. So it was like the precision, um, the precision mood was already the oh, suspicion has already ended <laughs> and we are back to our normal self like this. Nothing you can oh. see or nothing you can it was it was very very disappointing because they are actually very promising in the beginning half of the game and all of a sudden they just reverted back think, to their own from from that point where when Scott McTominay fouled Kaiseido and he was receiving treatment and they went out to for instructions. I think from that point the game just changed totally. United just <laughs> man, I can still remember everything, and it's just bugging me that what what does it take for this club to be successful again? Tena came in, they will back the manager. The season has started, and we have only we have only signed um, Malaysia and um, uh, what's his name, um, Ericsson. And I, I, I don't what what else. Martinez here, yeah, we signed Martinez, we both start defense, but when you don't straighten your midfield, you will expose your defense eventually. I mean, we 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 wait. I will wait and personally say, I feel Glazer should actually. Um, they I know they, I know they watch the match, and I feel they will actually see the reasons why Tenag is pressing on for Frankie the Jog. But I feel Baka should still in. Though um, Laporta made some comments today about the junk staying in the club and Baka doing everything possible to make sure he stays at the club too. But I feel Barcelona will end up selling him for a very good amount due to the club financial situation and having to register the new players. So I feel definitely my you need to sell up some players. Yeah, yeah, there are some players that need to be sold now, and there are some new signings that need to be made. Because I think the third week game with three, they'll be facing Liverpool. Liverpool. And right now. Manchester United can't face off with Liverpool without receiving at least four goals. Because if they can play like this against Brighton, what would they play against the high pace team like Liverpool that will keep on attacking over and over and again? I, I don't want to even imagine it. I don't want to imagine it at all. Ah, no, 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 please. Please. So to round to round this United episode of please, I don't want to think about it so much. Um, former Manchester United winger. Alexis Sanchez is going to join Olympic Marcel after he had his deal um, his deal was his deal was um, terminated by Inter. So he's going to make a free transfer to Olympic Marcel now. Um the last match of the Premier League, which just ended some hours, I think yeah, some hours ago, West Ham hosted Manchester City and new boy Ellen Alland. Oh my god, that man again showed our <laughs> That one showed again why he's considered the top, the best striker in football currently. I mean, we saw him take that penalty and he brought his meditating celebration to the Premier League. Premier League, you are welcome. Yes, um, to round that off, on Thursday again, we'll be meeting, we'll be, we'll be having a podcast and um, Nigeria Network do not allow our second hand Fabrizio Romano to join us today on the podcast. <laughs> It's, it's very very sad to uh, my my right hand man no day my payment Romano. But anyhow, we move, we move, we get. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. This has been a wonderful episode. 
Uh, especially after football came back. I mean, we can't wait to have the remaining two leagues, the La Liga and the Serie A back running next weekend. And see you guys again on Thursday. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at The Ootsman. Uh, did not forget that on the last episode, we'll still be hosting our giveaway soon. Um, I'll share with you guys when I get to um, a total of 150 plays and then we decide how to host it. Maybe it's going to be a score prediction or something. Whichever way, Sha. Thank you guys for listening. Um, bye for now. And thank you. Please keep on sharing. No help us to share. Share to friends. Share to group. And share on Twitter. You, thank you. Give your daddy Spotify and your mommy's Spotify to listen. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no.